This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T-Shell Ik. We've been uh, following the very, very exciting developments that have been happening on the political front for um, many days now. And of course, uh, here at BFM, we've been covering it, we've been analysing it, unpacking it, trying to bring you the latest developments. But of course, life goes on, doesn't it? Um, you know, regardless of what's happening politically and... Um, you know, uh, Dr. Rajini, uh, who's here with me today as our uh, regular guest, um, I, I, you are probably seeing, you know, continuing to see parents coming with their children. The issues are the same. And we've been talking about um, more inclusivity for children with different needs um, for a long time now. Um, we've been talking about how the education system needs to improve to be more inclusive of their needs. And of course, uh, you know, in light of what's been happening after GE15, we're of course hoping to see more from the next government, uh, you know, in that area, right? But at the same time, what I've come to realise as well is that the community, the families, the parents, the children, young people themselves, they don't wait for the government. They take matters into their own hands. They do what needs to be done to help the kids uh, get the best opportunities and realise their potential. So today, we have a very special guest on the show to learn and find out more about one of these initiatives. But first, as I said, my regular guest, Dr. Rajini Sarvanandan, consultant, developmental paediatrician, joining me in the studio after a very long time. How are you, Dr. Rajini? I'm fine, Shari. It's really nice to be back in person. Absolutely. And our guest, Bibo Lau, founder of the SpecialMe.my Run Club. So let me explain, uh, you know, give some background to this. Um, this is a, a running, a special running club set up uh, initially to uh, help a group of neurodivergent runners, um, you know, uh, get just get out of the house during lockdown. Uh, and it has grown into um, a, a larger running club now who will actually be participating in the upcoming Singapore Marathon, which is a huge one that's uh, going to include 50,000 um, runners and marathoners from all around the world. So it's really amazing that um, this group of neurodivergent runners from Malaysia, some of them with special intellectual needs will be part of this marathon. So Bibo is here today to share more about how this initiative was set up, how it provides neurodivergent young adults with an outlet for physical activity, social interaction and opportunities to explore their potential. So do call us if you have questions or thoughts you'd like to share. 0377332900. You can also WhatsApp us at 018789 or tweet at BFM Radio. How are you today, Bibo? Uh, thank you, Shall we? Um Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, perhaps you could start by telling us more about the special me dot my run club. Do I do I have that right? Did I pronounce it correctly? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Tell us more about how you started it. Right. Uh, well, um, we started during the pandemic uh, last year uh, and um, it it started with a team of four, actually, um, uh, from my trainees group uh, in the BAC college. So then um, um, they, they took part in, in the uh, uh, community uh, run mm -hmm. yeah, uh, for the Orang Asli. And from there, um, you know, um, 
you know, we, we the community in 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 that the, that particular virtual run, the runners, um, they're really inspired for for what they are what they did. They, the four of them actually went out in their own backyards every day, twice a day, mm. <laughs> without fail. Small steps. They started walking, and from from walking, doing one km, they turned to five kms at the end of the day, and. It's like they, they collected one of the highest uh, KMs among the, the, the teams that they were participating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they actually uh, went into crowdfunding. All right. That was part of the virtual program to, to, to raise funds for the uh, Orang Asli homes. Yeah. So um, give us a sense of who were these runners who initially joined the club. Um, what kinds of challenges uh, did they, were they dealing with? Uh, out of four, uh, only one that is more outdoorish. Yeah, the rest are actually mainly indoor kind of uh, and these neurodivergence, and um, you know they like to play with their handphone, the their laptops, you know, <laughs> just so, online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but the the lockdowns the, doesn't allow them to do anything else at home. So they they actually you know it's like you know looking at their handphones and IT on the laptop all the time. So to to participate in something like that during the pandemic is really a good thing for them to get out there in their small ways, do a little bit of runs in the morning and in the evening and you know and, and that 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 stepping up actually is a big change for them. And some of them are still doing it today. Yeah. Mm. It become a habit. It become their routine. So yeah. all of us felt isolated during the lockdown, during the pandemic. But um, would you say that for these particular group of people who were neurodivergent and had those challenges on top of it, were they even more um, impaired in a way by um, all these difficulties going on during the lockdown time? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because um, I think mental health... Um, it applies to everybody more so on them, where um, the, the the social and interaction with others is pretty limited for them. Mm. Uh, you know, some you know for us the, the other youngsters, right? They will know how to, you know, WhatsApp their friends, you know, and they will know how to create their own TikToks and stuff like that. But it doesn't happen to our neurodivergent uh, adults. Yeah, so I think um, with the lockdowns, they get more um, stressful. Yeah, and mm. and some of them, that stress level, you know, you know, <laughs> lead, I mean, it goes down to the family members as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Ranjini, uh, would mm. that have reflected what you were seeing from um, other young people and children as well? Yeah, I think you know, um, never mind. Uh, even if you put aside children with uh, without uh, different needs, I mean our so-called neurotypical children. Um, We saw a lot of children go through a really tough time during lockdown. And I'm really impressed that, you know, there were um, uh, such events running. And, and, you know, I, I, I think, you know, kudos to them for, for keeping it going despite uh, lockdowns being lifted and people getting on with their lives. I think one of the things we see is, um, as lockdowns have lifted, uh, there are some families, especially of children with, with special needs, who who really are lost again, um, you know, about what to do. Because, like you say, it's become a habit now for the four of them that, that they've continued to take part in events and 
continued running. But starting that habit is always very, very challenging for a lot of people, let alone, you know, if you come from, uh, you know, uh, if you have children with uh, different needs. So I'm curious, and I hope you don't mind me asking this question, shall we? Were the parents of these young adults instrumental in sort of pushing them to try these events or how? Uh, yeah, of course, you yeah. know, uh, the parents come on board too. Yeah. Uh, we encourage the in the initial stage, parents go with them because uh, independent is another issue, mm-hmm. right? To even to get them to step out and walk around their garden, mm-hmm. uh, parents feel the safety factor, you know, they really have to consider. So the parents initially walk with them take them together on the route. And once they get familiar, over time, like I said, they were doing like twice a day. Mm. So it they picks it up very fast, become routine. So And after that, they are doing it themselves. It become part of their timetable mm-hmm. for their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I'm a mom with a special adult too. Yeah, mm-hmm. my son has dyslexic and mild autism. Uh, but he has been trained to do that. So, uh, but here... Lots of our uh, young adults uh, who are in this um, have not had the opportunity to be trained that mm. way. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's good for parents to come in, mm. be brave enough mm. to help them to get out there. So, yeah. so almost like a lack of exposure, isn't it? Yeah. In uh, like you said, um, nurturing that independence among children and youths uh, who are neurodivergent, Dr. Yeah. Rajini. Yeah, and and I think you know it's not just we look at it from an exercise point of view, but I think what you're describing to us is is all the other benefits that we often tell parents about. It's about, like you say, getting them independent, being able to manage their own safety. Uh, it's it's incorporating it as part of their own schedule, developing it as a habit of their own, um, which, which is great. And, and and I think these are all the plus points of, of doing sports and uh, mm. encouraging our children to do that. But perhaps first, Dr. Rajini, the physical um, benefits, mm. uh, what would you say they are? Yeah, so if you look at um, exercise, you know, people always talk about the physical fitness. Um, it's good for your heart. It's good for your blood pressure. It's good for your lung function. You know, in fact, we say if you're an asthmatic, you should be doing more exercise to build up that lung capacity. Uh, it's good for things like, you know, balancing your cholesterol, etc. cetera. Uh, but we forget that it, it's also as important for your mental health, Yeah. Um, we talk about the happy hormones in your brain, you know, the balance of dopamine or adrenaline, etc. And and exercise has uh, plays a big role in making sure that that mental health is also at a balance. Yeah. Um, if you talk to many psychiatrists or psychologists, one of the first things they will say to anybody who comes to them with mental health issues is, you need to get exercise as part of your daily routine. Um, even if it's 20 minutes, etc. And if you look at research, you know, we look at childhood development, we say all children should have one hour of outdoor free play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, outdoor being important, 
because of the fact that you're exposed to vitamin D and um, the free play concept outdoors is so that children develop their own creativity um, in deciding what they want to play. So, it, you know, from a, coming from a school environment where you're, it's always dictated to you what you and have to do yeah. and so structured. This is a way that children develop their own creativity. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And Bibo, um, from, yeah. your, from your observations, what kind of health benefits have you seen among your runners? Um, well, um, they're adults. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, some are in their teens, late teens, and some are already in their 30s. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it doesn't really matter at what point in time they start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, uh, what's important to them is that they are growing by the days. Mm-hmm. And mental fitness and health is the most important thing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially so when they are really an isolated group of people, yeah. So to, to actually uh, get them out there in the open space mm. and to integrate with the society, mm. I think through this way is the best way for them to be out there and let people see what they can do. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, they gain a mental awareness, yeah. Um, they gain a better body, physically, stamina, yeah, and, you know, and as they grow older, you know, obesity is another thing, mm. yeah, if they stay at home. Mm. So, but if they keep doing this, even on a weekly basis, yeah, it will just build up the whole person, yeah, and when a person goes out, walk into a coffee shop or anywhere, you don't see the difference. Mm. That's what we want to achieve for them, mm. the right. marginalised uh, and this, yeah. So we'll continue this conversation after a quick break. Uh, I'll be asking people to share more about the runs that the club has been doing. It's uh, expanded um, a lot more, I'm sure, from the initial uh, community run to raise funds for the Orang Asli community. And um, how she has seen uh, the benefits really merging uh, with their challenges, and especially when it comes to how they will move on in life uh, as young adults as well. In the, in the studio with me, Dr. Rajini Sarvanandan, consultant, developmental pediatrician, and Bibo Lau, founder of the Special Me.my Run Club, a running club that celebrates neurodiversity and will be participating in the upcoming Singapore Marathon. Do call us if you have thoughts to share 0377332900 or WhatsApp 018789 Keep it right here on Health and Living. BFM 89.9 Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shao Ik. In the studio with me, Dr. Rajini Savranandan, consultant developmental pediatrician here for her monthly show. And also joining us, Bibo Lau, founder of the Special Me.my Run Club. And that's a running club for neurodivergent uh, young adults as well as teenagers um, who started out during the pandemic um, as just an initiative to get them out of the house, um, not be isolated and stuck at home, uh, get them moving physically as well. But the benefits have been um, numerous, uh, not just uh, the impact on their physical health, but also on their mental health and their social interactions. Bibo, perhaps you'd like to uh, come in again to share about how you've seen the runners, I don't know, blossom perhaps for lack of a better word, how you've seen their mood 
and their interactions improved. Everything else that's not necessarily just the physical benefits. Uh, for sure, they're a happy lot. <laughs> <laughs> like you say, the dopamine, happy <laughs> adrenaline, it goes in. Um, yeah, because uh, I see that uh, some of them, I still train them in the office. Mm-hmm. The temperament is more controlled. Yeah. And um, also their learnings, uh, not just because they run, I mean, not just because through, you know, the, the physical whole thing that they do during the run, mm-hmm. but other forms of learnings, yeah, they begin to pick it up faster. Yeah. So um, what I see as like um, that routine of, but they're doing long distance. Uh. This, mm. this group of our runners are all doing long distance and they're trained to do long distance. Uh, and when they do that long distance of at least 10 km on a weekly basis, they are out there uh, sharpening their senses. Yeah. 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 Right. So mm. they are looking at the nature. Mm. We find right, the right routes for them, really nice routes for them, but on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they learn to, to, to actually. Um, um, you know, check their own safety, yeah? And they learn to also uh, uh, enjoy the nature when they're out there. And they learn to interact with the paces, the community paces, yeah? Mm. So a lot of things that goes on during that uh, 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 10 km uh, run. And that whole thing will translate to what they do elsewhere, yeah? So, so like I train them uh, in the office, so I can see that, that learning process becomes easier for them as adults, which is what we want, mm. yeah? Because time sometimes is against them. So mm. if they can pick up things faster through doing all this and and, and, and a generation of oxygen to their brain, you know, and, they, and things start to clear, be more clearer for them, all the senses are sharper. So it makes life easier for them over the long run, yeah. I mean... Obviously, um, they face more challenges compared to their neurotypical peers when it comes to getting jobs, right? Moving on in life as yeah. a young adult. Perhaps yeah. you can share more? Yeah, that, that is a big, big challenge for our society here. Um, yeah, and as a parent too, I can, I can, I can vouch mm-hmm. for that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, there is just two lacking of opportunities and chances that people will give to them. Um, but it's also not the fault of the society. Yeah? I think it has to do with the whole system, a whole system of um, not putting them out there, yeah? not giving the society a chance to learn them, mm. and not giving them a chance to learn the society in return. Mm. Yeah. So there's a lot of misunderstanding happening between this community with that community. Yeah. And people are afraid to try, to give them a chance to go to a job, to, 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 you know, to, to put them into an events, you know, a mainstream events. Mm. Yeah. People are just afraid, oh, in case something will happen, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it really, really is all about knowing the know-how and, 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 uh, and reach out and, and get, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. And, Rajini, what do you think? And, and not being afraid. I yeah. think, you know, um, listening to you, it, it's great that... You know, as a as a medical practitioner, we're always telling parents this. But for someone like you who, through your own experience working with 
uh, neurodivergent adults and having your own son, I think you you see firsthand. So all the things you were talking about, um, that they are more alert, they are, you know, there are scientific benefits that we see and we actually tell parents that when, you know, we're trying to push and uh, tell parents to get out more and and be part of society, do the exercise. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when we talk about inclusivity, Dr. Yeah. Rajini, we, um, or maybe uh, this is a mistake that some of us make, that we tend to focus on formal education. But this shows that uh, even a small initiative like yeah. this can have those uh, wide-ranging effects, right? Yes. And I think we have some, some good examples in society. I mean, it's, it's so nice to hear more and more. Um, uh, we know within communities, um, they have tried to provide that inclusivity, often started by uh, people like yourselves, you know, who, um, okay, maybe in your case, you have a neurodivergent adult, but there are many others which have been started, like, for example, Care to Run or Inclusive Outdoor Classroom. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing in some names that I'm familiar with, where they try within communities to integrate um people in the community with neurodivergent children, adults, families. And I think it'd be nice if there are more of these um, initiatives within smaller communities mm. or, or even schools, you yeah, know. I right. think schools are a good avenue, especially if we have schools that have a special needs class, the PKKI class, Integrasi Pandirekan Has, with, an, an, you know, typical kids that... Um, I know now, at least, for example, in sports days, some schools are integrating children. Or recently, in a in a school that had Rentas Desa, the, the long-distance yeah, run... Cross-country. It was, it was really nice to hear that, you know, the, the children from the special needs classes participated as well. Mm. But what would be even better is in those schools that don't have um, children with different needs, that across schools that they organise these community events. Mm. Uh, Bibo, what are some actual examples? You know, you talked about how uh, these uh, kinds of um, outlets can just help them basically be more visible and integrate more with uh, the rest of larger society. What kind of examples where opportunities have been opened up to, to yeah. your runners? Yeah. All right, for example, uh, last year there were like Four virtual runs they took part, yeah. But it all has a social cause intention, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, with the epic run, the first one, uh, the four team of four, uh, from what they did, they raised fund of three thousand odd <laughs> in wow. two weeks, yeah. and and they managed to qualify to actually join the builders community to actually build a home for the Orang Asli. And that offer still stands. Yeah, okay? oh. <laughs> because a uh, pandemic, they were locked down as well. So again, from the runner's community, you go down to the builder's community. Yeah, It's actually mainstream. Yeah. yeah. So, and then we moved on to uh, another society, which is uh, another run, which is the Malaysian Olympism Society, mm -hmm. where it's set up by the uh, Paralympians, and uh, ex-Olympians ex and ex-Paralympians. From... Yeah, contribution, they actually raised awareness for the Tokyo 2021 game last year. Yeah. So from there, uh, uh, again, they contributed their runs and then they pushed out into their social media. They were then offered to take part into the uh, uh, Young Leadership Program. Yeah, that again is not a mainstream program. Mm. So when society sees them in a different light, 
then they feel that oh I dare take the risk with them mm. they mm. can do it mm. yeah and I think more of this should be happening mm. to integrate to make it come together and if more are doing this one day you'll be seamless mm. absolutely yeah. just very quickly before I forget uh, how can people find out more about the running club and where, where perhaps can they go and show support and, and all of that oh okay we, we do have a private, it so happens it's private because <laughs> of that. Yeah, it's private Facebook, Facebook page, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's specialme.my uh, run club. Uh, inside but, there, um, you can see mm, the but, phone number. But they can request to join the club and to join, follow your yeah. updates. Yeah. Everybody is welcome, right? Uh, so long that you feel that you want to get your child out there. Yeah, mm. and and there are people who take them. Mm. Yeah, so I, I, I would like to advocate for the parents with special adults to be brave to bring your children out because this is the only way they can be seen and they can be heard and they can be celebrated by the other communities in the society. And also it's a chance for us to to teach them, mm. the others. Dr. Rajini, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, uh, perhaps other parents or communities wanting to replicate something like this? It doesn't have to be running as well. No, right? it can be. It can be different things. You know, it can be. Um, it can be having activities, for example, using arts and crafts for younger children if they are interested in it. It can even be a community of children getting together and playing Minecraft together, but not virtually, but, you know, within the same room and then uh, hopefully then, you know, engaging them in other things while they're doing that. I, I think this is where it's important as parents for us to reach out to each other. I think one of the things that the pandemic did was isolate us socially, just everybody. Everybody's so scared to... Um, have play dates and, um, you know, get together as communities, etc. But I think we just have to stop worrying, take mm. the right precautions, be sensible about it and, um, you know, make sure everybody's vaccinated, immunised where you can mm. and boost up your own protection. But we have to get on and give our children a chance to... Yeah. How important is it that they be doing it physically? Because you said like, you know, if yeah. it's gaming, not necessarily that they're just playing in their own homes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, um, I, I'm giving that example because I know of one family that did that. You know, they their child sort of got into gaming so much that it was so difficult to get him out. And so what the mother did was reached out to one or two of her friends of children who did do uh, play roadblocks, roadblocks, which is what her son was into. And she got them to come over and, you know, set up PCs. And and so there was a little bit more face-to-face -face communication. And I think that's what we need to go back to, you know. And then from there, you know, they had a little uh, makan together mm. and, you know, ate together and things like that. Mm. So hopefully that also gives children a sense of belonging. Yeah. You know, for a lot of our children, finding friends is a challenge, I think. Yeah. You know, it especially is. even if you talk about putting them into a mainstream uh, system, yeah. finding friends is difficult. Yeah. Bibo, was there any, I don't know, conflict among uh, the runners at first or even as you started bringing in uh, neurotypical uh, 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 people to join them as well? Mm. Was there anything like that to have to navigate? Uh, but surprisingly, not really. Mm. Um. 
I guess uh, it's a matter of finding the right people mm. to come in and to bring them. Yeah, people that are like-minded. You know, they are already runners by nature, and I always believe runners have a heart. <laughs> yeah. They have a good heart, you know, because they are out there, outdoors with the nature, with whatever. So ocean and, and all that and mountains. So they know what it's like, uh, you know, to to be integrated with the with the with the environment and people. Mm. Yeah. So of course, then uh, um, uh, we we have to uh, you know we ha- we as parents who have special children and our adults mm. need to be given the chance. To be out there and let them learn us. Hmm. We need to let people learn us because if we don't open up and let people learn us, forever they will think that we are not accessible, hmm. and forever we'll be working in silos ourselves. Hmm. So I don't think that's healthy for us in the long run. Hmm. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's a message that even our political leaders <laughs> should be taking note so of. So apt, right? It is. Um, our political leaders should be learning from our children as well. <laughs> And uh, families in our community. Um, maybe just a final quick um, takeaway message uh, from both of you. Bibo? Right. Um, well, as I mentioned, this is a parents' uh, initiative, right? So uh, it's pretty new and we need to grow, right? And we, we, we would like to have more to join us because this is the way, in a way, I see it as a way forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if let's say, uh, that's why we set up besides having the club now with the with the with the Facebook page, right? Uh, the next step is raise raising fund, mm. crowdfunding. We have put up a crowdfunding platform mm-hmm. with simply giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I cannot remember the the link if mm-hmm. you could quote right. later. Okay. Yeah, well, so, we'll put it in our pop- podcast description. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that crowdfunding platform, what's the intention? Because um, the club is not meant for the the rich and rich or the Middle income is for everybody, mm. yeah. So long that you you are willing to let your child come in, mm. we will support. Okay, and if we can support financially, why not? Mm. And this is the intention. Every runner needs a good pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, and for them to keep doing it, whether it's runners or hikers, we need to get a good pair of shoes. Uh, low income and uh, individuals, you can come in, and we will take care of that too. Mm. Yeah. So that's why we have to crowdfund to be able to support our, you know runners and also to to put them on events mm. events that they'll be seen and be celebrated Absolutely. like Singapore Marathon mm. so yeah. we'll be getting that link for the crowdfunding platform yeah. we'll put it on our podcast description that you can find later Dr Rajini a final message I, I think we need to highlight a lot of these parent initiatives because it's through parents actually that um uh, and people like yourselves and, uh, you know, people who've started these uh, activities for our children and uh, with different needs to get out there. And I think, um, you know, this is part of inclusion in society. Yeah. It's not just we focus so much on education, mm. etc. But this is also education in a different way. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Can I just add that? Yes. Yeah. Well, in other countries... Uh, Activities like this, run clubs and whatsoever, you know, triathlons or triathletes and all that, or even hiking, mm. it will all go back to education. Yes. They can return and be educated. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've been speaking to Bibo Lau, founder of the Special Me Dot My Run Club, which will be participating in the Singapore Marathon uh, next month. So we wish the runners all the best. And Dr. Rajini Savanandan, consultant developmental pediatrician. You've been listening to Health and Living on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.